Hello there, my name is Jessie and I am living with a unique type of diabetes called MODI. MODI stands for Maturity Onset Diabetes of the Young. And MODI is caused by a mutation or change in a single gene. There are many different kinds of MODI depending on which gene is involved. I want to raise awareness about MODI and other rare forms of diabetes because honestly, there isn't much information about. I aim to create a space for you to share your stories, gain knowledge and help you to live your life to the fullest with diabetes. Welcome to the Modi and Me podcast. A quick reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as medical advice. You should always consult your medical team before making any changes to your current management. Today we have a special guest that is not a Modi herself, but she is the mom of a person with Modi. Let's hear about Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Jessie. <laughs> this is so awkward. We, we almost have the same name. Um, so, yes, tell us a bit about yourself and your family. Where do you live? Uh, how many children do you have? Let us hear about it. Absolutely. So I am a mom and I live in New York City with my husband and our three children. We have a six-year-old, a two-year-old foster daughter, and a one-year-old daughter. And our son, the six-year-old named Augustin, is the one that has Modi diabetes. He is diagnosed as having Modi type 2. Are the, have the other children in your house been tested? So um, our biological daughter, the youngest one, will be tested um, soon. However, the interesting thing that we found out from the genetic testing is neither my husband or I tested positive for the Modi 2 gene. So they said that it was a mutation when my son was in the womb was how it happened. So they're thinking that he's probably the only one in the family with Modi 2, but we'll test uh, our youngest just to be sure. That's how I was. I was the first in the, in the family to start the genetic mutation. Yeah. as well. And can you tell us a bit about um, how this news has impacted your life and your family? Because I, I can imagine it was a bit of a shock, really. Yeah, absolutely. So it all started um, in late November of 2020. So I'm sure everybody from around the world will probably remember this was very thick in the time of COVID-19. So basically what happened was late one night, our son started coughing and wheezing and just seemed to be having a lot of trouble breathing. So my husband and I, of course, our very first thought was, oh my goodness, our, our son caught COVID-19. This is a crazy emergency. So we rushed into the pediatric emergency room here in New York City and we got him checked in. And, you know, immediately they started the oxygen, got him stable. Um, however, the interesting part of this whole journey was the emergency room doctor flagged that his uh, blood glucose levels were very high. It was close to 400 at that point. 
And honestly, before this moment, I had never once given a thought to blood glucose numbers or what that meant because nobody in my family has ever dealt with diabetes. So it's just not something that was on my radar. So they transferred him to the PICU at that point and they got us in touch with the endocrinologist who came to the room and she basically said, wow, I think that your son has type one diabetes. And you know, this was all quite a shock to me, um, but we, we went through with the testing. Um, you know, this, it, took, it took a while for all the testing to come back, but upon that, we realized that it looked pretty negative that he would have type one diabetes um, just based on the test alone. So that's when they introduced the concept of Modi diabetes and said, look, you know, this is a pretty rare thing. Um, it's about 5% of diabetic cases that um, test positive for Modi, but let's go ahead and do the genetic testing to see if this is something that he might have. Because um, at that point, they really didn't have any other idea of what this high blood sugar would be because it wasn't type two diabetes. Um, so flash forward, the whole testing thing took, it took quite a while here. It took a few months for the genetic testing to come back. So um, it turned out that yes, he did test positive for Modi 2 diabetes. And um, yeah, so basically from the emergency room visit in November, 2020, it was all the way to May of 2021 when we finally got the correct diagnosis. That reminds me of my, my own story because it really took a long time for the doctors to figure out with me as well what was exactly going on. And I remember that time as being a very scary and yeah, I just didn't know what to think. And, and you're you're thinking about worst case, worst case scenarios and stuff like I, I was. So um, yeah. it must have been a yeah, difficult time for you guys. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, um, it was challenging. And at the time, you know, we had him on the Dexcom sensor and being a mom of a young child, um, you know, that has diabetes, I have to say, I went pretty nutty when he was on the sensor. I was constantly looking at my phone seeing, oh my goodness, is he having a high, a low, what's happening right now? I would constantly be checking to see after meals, what would cause spikes, what would react well in his body. So I think that also caused quite a bit of stress at the beginning as well. Did you receive like good uh, guidance and explanation about what diabetes is and how you, you should manage it with your son? So I would say, yes, we have a very good endocrinologist and I'm so, so thankful for that. Um, but the interesting thing is even here in New York City, which is a massive place with tons of people living, Modi is not a super regular occurrence, even in the Indo world. Um, they even said, well, you know, we don't have a ton of experience with this type of diabetes. Um, you know, so it, it's, I and this is in New York where there's like a ton of people. Yes. New York City, right. Because that was my very first question. I wanted to be able to connect to a community. I said, you know, do you guys have meetings of people that also have Modi so I can get some tips or tricks or lifestyle advice for them? 
And they really, you know, there's um, things set up for type one diabetes, for example, type two diabetes, but really nothing was available for Modi diabetes. It was just not a, um, a thing that has a lot of people apparently. And I imagine for children too, I feel like they must like, I know older us, we can like connect and find each other online, but for kids, especially, cause it's like, okay, you have diabetes camp, JDRF, like all, all that stuff for kids with type one. But I can imagine finding like a niche for somebody that's like a Modi child. That's even harder of a, a niche to find. A hundred percent. And really, um, yeah, it's so interesting. I That's kind of how I took to the world of Instagram and how I met you guys. Um, I said, you know, maybe, maybe like the world is a big place. Maybe there's other people out there somewhere with this Modi diabetes. And thankfully, I'm so, so happy I connected with you guys and some other wonderful grownups that also have uh, Modi. So it's been really good to chat and get some inspiration and ideas from you guys. Um, but you're right. And I think that the interesting thing with Modi is we were just kind of lucky in a way to stumble into the pediatric ER because of this wheezing issue that we thought was COVID, it wasn't COVID, um, but that was really what brought us in. And we were also super lucky to have a very attentive ER doctor who said, huh, you know, this blood sugar just looks a little, little crazy to me because a lot of people could have just written that off and said, you know what, of course it's gonna be crazy. Like he's, he's on oxygen or, um, he's not feeling well, so it's elevated because of that. But the doctor was very, very perceptive. And I feel very blessed that we were able to have this ER experience because if not, there's probably a good chance he wouldn't have been diagnosed with Modi until much, much later in life. And, um, and now at least we have the knowledge and we can make decisions um, based on the knowledge we have. Yeah, you can be proactive too about everything. Like you said, like getting them involved and things like that. Like you can be proactive now that you know. Yes. Was this inspired by your son's diagnosis? So no, we've actually been vegetarian um, for, oh, I've been vegetarian myself for decades. So when we started having children, um, we raised them vegetarian. So that wasn't part of the diagnosis at all. Um, but I would say one huge thing that did change regarding food based on the diagnosis was just how we approach food as a family and how we eat as a family. Um, again, living in New York City, we have access to just a million different restaurants all over the place, any kind of food you can imagine, which is wonderful. However, um, it wasn't until researching diabetes that I realized, wow, you know, us eating or getting takeout a few nights a week is really not going to be sustainable for this shift in lifestyle here, just because you don't know what they put in the food, how much butter they're cooking with, um, all of the things, right? So even if you think you're ordering healthy vegetarian meals from the local um, Asian restaurant, you really, you don't know what's going into the food, right? So that was probably the biggest thing. We really curbed the amount that we either go out to eat as a family or order takeout in. Um, another big thing that we changed was before diagnosis, we would 
eat things like, you know, big white bagels for breakfast with lots of cream cheese or huge pots of pasta in the evening, just, you know, lots of cheesy sauce. And again, you know, everything in moderation, fine. But we took a, um, a big, big shift in the way that we, that I cook um, in the home. So I started paying attention to the things that did make my son's sugar spike after he ate them. And of course it was the bagels and it was the pasta. So I started looking for alternatives. Um, you know, we started doing a lot of baking bread at home using spelt flour or whole wheat flour, not putting in the sugar that a lot of the recipes uh, call for. So just a lot of adaptations based on what works for his levels and what doesn't. And I would say one great thing um, is that we really have been approaching this as a family unit. So the way my son eats is the way that I now eat, my husband eats, both of our daughters eat. And um, it makes me feel good. So even if our youngest daughter does test positive for Modi, I feel like the way we're nourishing her will not change at all because she's already eating very healthy. Everybody's eating the same. So it's not exactly. like he's being you know, anything different. We're all eating this. We are all the doing the same thing. It's all in the same house. It's in moderation. Everything's in moderation. Absolutely. Yeah. So like what, what I cook is just the, the food that we're all eating. So he doesn't feel called out or different at all because of this. Um, and, and again, he's very, he's now six years old. So he's um, well-versed. He can say, oh, you know, I have Modi diabetes. So he, he knows what that is. He knows that when he goes to kids' birthday parties, you know, there will be um, yeah, hot dogs there and cupcakes and all of that. And I feel like he's pretty mature. He just says, you know, I know that's not going to make me feel good if I eat that. So we'll just come prepared with a healthy version of a cupcake that, you know, I'll prepare ahead of time. And um, so he doesn't feel left out. I love that. Yeah, it's so beautiful that you you have found this way to, um, yeah, to make him feel empowered in his diagnosis, really. I wanted to quickly uh, touch on your Instagram account because that's where you're posting all of those uh, delicious food you're eating. I've been really enjoying it, uh, following you, by the way. So was the the start of this account um, like inspired by your son? Yes, 100%. Um, So when we got the official diagnosis that he had the Modi, diabetes in May of 2021. Um, That's when I started thinking like, wow, I really would love to connect with other people who might have Modi. So I decided rather than on my uh, personal social media account to just start a completely new one that was solely focused on preparing these nourishing dishes. Both so um, it would give me motivation as the mother to like try different recipes, to try different things and make it a little bit more fun just by posting photos, but also to give other Modi diabetics or even diabetics or really anyone who's looking to eat a bit more healthy, um, some motivation because as you guys have probably noticed if you looked at the Instagram, I do not do anything fancy at all. I try try to keep it as simple as possible by using, as few ingredients as possible and um, really just what's in season, 
And uh, that's kind of been, yeah, my motivation for just inspiring other people and connecting with other people who are also um, diagnosed with Modi. And that's really beautiful. I have been going through your feet to, to look for uh, things to eat. So uh, I've been enjoying it. Um, let me touch on uh, how is it like for you as a, as a mom? I can imagine it's quite of a responsibility um, raising a child with diabetes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think that, you know, and I hate to say that it was a breath of fresh air. I, I don't want to diminish, uh, you know, Modi 2 versus let's say type 1 diabetes. I don't want to do that. But I would say when we got the news that it was unlikely that he had type 1 diabetes, initially I, I exhaled a little bit and I said, okay, at least I'm not going to have to worry about, you know, the insulin and the dosing and all of that that could go along with the type 1. Um, because basically what our endocrinologist said was with Modi 2, typically in their research, um, they, it can be controlled with diet and lifestyle. Um, that's not to say he will never not need medication because there is always that chance. But for now, um, he is able to manage his sugar levels um, with lifestyle and diet. Um, but I will, I will be honest and say, you know, it, has, it is a lot of work. It is a big effort, not just as the mother, but for everyone in our family. We really um, signed him up for, you know, after school sports that he wasn't doing beforehand, just because again, living in New York City, we don't have access to a backyard or like a super close neighborhood he could bike around. Um, so in order to keep him active on a regular basis, we had to sign him up for these extracurricular things. So that was a big thing. So I would say it, it's time and energy um, as a whole family that we have to kind of address this. But sometimes it can be as big of a challenge because in some ways, like it can be frustrating because when he's having a high, it, that can be frustrating too, because there's there's a fix if I'm high like there's a definite like okay I can give myself insulin like but if he's high like you can't necessarily like be like here's a unit so exactly. it's like exactly that can be frustrating that can be frustrating too because it's not like that immediate like fix there's no there's fix. not an immediate like I'm gonna bring it down like like so that's frustrating too like 100%. And I'll share, uh, thank you so much for bringing that up, actually, because I would love to share just a snippet from his pre-diagnosis childhood, um, our, our son, because as the doctor said, you know, this is something he was born with. So he's had this from day one um, until now. But of course, we didn't know when he was born that he had diabetes. And I would say from about the time he was 16 months old, I started noticing, because again, that was around the time when he was really diving into more foods, um, more table foods, not just the nursing. And he would have these incredible, just I, what I called at the time meltdowns. Um, and I, I would go to his pediatrician and I said, you know, this just doesn't seem within the realm of a toddler meltdown. And I, I'm not sure what's going on, you know, and we, we went through the whole checklist, you know, we looked at, could this be autism? Could this be sensory processing disorder? Could this be something like 
like, who knows? So we went to therapists, we went to play dates that focused on um, playing productively with other toddlers. I mean, just you name it, we tried it. We did OT, we did PT, we did speech, um, you know, and nothing quite seemed to address what was happening. And then, you know, fast forward, fine. So to diagnosis, when we found out he was diabetic, I said, oh my goodness, of course he's having these meltdowns because about, you know, 30 minutes to an hour after he eats, you know, these big bagels or these pasta dishes or whatever. It was high. Oh my goodness. And of course, at the time he was having cupcakes, whatever he was having would shoot him way, way up. And being a toddler, he had no idea how to communicate this to us. Um, And kind of the wild thing, looking back on it, and I I would say to all parents out there to just, if you're going to walk away with one thing from this interview, I would say, if you know in your gut that there is something that is not quite right, do not let up on that. Because looking back, you know, I had his pediatrician, I, I was very persistent. I said, there's something not right. But never once did she run a simple blood test for for sugar levels. And I think to myself, wow, if she had done that at 16 months, you know, we could have had this knowledge then and we would have been able to address it much earlier and to help him feel better within his own body much earlier. So again, I'm so grateful that we were able to get this diagnosis by the time he was about five and a half years old. Um, because this prevented, like, think about the years that he could have go- kept going into childhood, just not feeling well, having these highs and not knowing what it was. And yeah, even when he went to school, like later in school and, and like, and meltdowns and testing and things like that, like frustration, like, mm-hmm. like, I think about like, in school, you eat like a big sandwich or something heavy. And like, you go to have a test and like the frustration that um, might have occurred and things like that. Like that could have had impact later. Like, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, having this knowledge now, it's such a simple thing, right? You just go to the pediatrician, they, they do the blood mm-hmm. test and they can get back to you within 24 hours, what the number is. But if there's something that's not right and your child is not like checking any of the other typical boxes that they look for, I would say, please, please, please go get your blood sugar tested just to see, just to rule it out, let's hope. Um, yeah, because that would, it was game changing for us. And the way that we can operate as a family now, it's just so much smoother. And it's also like, I know he feels better, right? Because before he would be high, he would be low. I mean, the poor kid, he was all over the place and nobody knew. So he's aware of his diagnosis, but does he, do you think that he fails his high, he feels his highs and lows? He does actually, he's, he's pretty in tune with himself. I would say for a six-year-old, but sometimes he'll even say, mama, I'm, I'm not feeling good. Can you prick my finger and just see if I'm high? And I do. And sure enough that he's having a high and I say, okay, like, Let's just sit on the couch, drink some water, just calm down, do some breathing. Um, but he 100% kind of knows when he's not feeling right. When he's not feeling right. And we've gone through, um, we actually just got off the, uh, our endocrinologist had us back on a Dexcom for a little while just to kind of see 
about, you know, six months post-diagnosis, like what the numbers are looking like. So we were on that for a while and it's helpful, but I would say um, when I asked her if I should keep him on a Dexcom or we should just do the occasional finger prick when he's not feeling well, she, the advice she gave for us at this particular point in our journey is, you know what, as a mother, you're going to be on your phone, constantly checking those numbers and it will drive you crazy. And since right now there's nothing else that we would be doing, like don't drive yourself crazy, just keep feeding him as you feed him. And if he's not, if he's acting a little weird, then you can always finger prick. So that's kind of where we're at personally right now with, with all that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. So, um, do you feel confidently, um, about passing on his care to, um, other people uh, outside of your family? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked that question. Um, that is still something to be honest with you. No, no, I'm actually not comfortable. And I'm, I'm happy to expand on that a bit. I think that if you either don't have diabetes yourself or you're not perhaps the parent or caregiver of a child that has it, I think it's a little hard to understand. Um, I'll, I'll say even for aunts, uncles, you know, grandparents, um, the severity, you know, like a grandparent might say, huh, like we're at the zoo. Let me get you this jumbo giant pretzel because we're at the zoo and that's what you do at the zoo. Um, but then, you know, it's going to have like huge impacts on his sugar level and the way he feels, right? Whereas like if I'm taking him to the zoo, I know, okay, I'm going to pack like his healthy snacks ahead of time. So there won't be any like feelings of um, he wants to eat, but there's nothing healthy to eat. So I would say at this point, yeah, I, um, my, my mother-in-law has been amazing in helping me um, find new dishes that work for him. So she's great. But other than that, um, there's not really a lot of people that I kind of trust to keep the same steady diet that we've been implementing. And hopefully, you know, as I grow with this diagnosis with my son, I will be able to relinquish control. And I also think as he gets older, obviously, and can make his own decisions a bit better, um, he'll be able to also say, you know what, that pretzel, like, it's just not going to make me feel good. So I'm going to eat something else instead. Um, but again, you know, he's six years old right now. So I don't want to put that pressure on him. And he's little, he's going to see the pretzel. It's too much like it's temptation much. right now. And like, it, you know, he's, he's too little for that right now. Little, it's better yeah. to, I would say, I would agree with you. I wouldn't trust somebody. It's the same as a food allergy. Like, exactly. So, yeah. So for right now, um, yeah, I, I'm kind of doing all the, the preparation, packing. Like if he goes somewhere, we just, we pack his food and that's it. I would do the same thing. My cousin had a, had a, my cousin had a like, severe food allergy and it was like, this is what he's eating. And he's going to grandma's with the food that I packed. And this is it. This is what he's eating. And you do not feed him anything outside of the cooler. Exactly. So I think another thing too, um, with diabetes, which um, is kind of interesting. It's like, even when he, like, even if it's not 
the blood sugar that will, you know, tip him over the edge. But I just noticed even if he, he gets sick with something else, like a cold or a virus, I mean, again, my girls who are younger, like they'll two days and they're over it. But my poor son, it's like, it takes a much bigger toll on his body. So the thing that will have them out for two days and then they're up and running again, I mean, he'll be out of school for like a week and a half from just the common cold. So that's why like, I feel like I'm very kind of cautious with him at this point. And um, what about school? Um, how do you feel about them managing? Yeah, so um, I, I will say we, um, even before diabetes, we are in a school system, it's a Waldorf education. And that, um, just a quick snippet on that, it's a education system that kind of looks at the health of a whole child. So the way um, they feed kids in the school actually is probably um, just as healthy as we eat at home. So they do like make their own vegetable soup from chopping vegetables. They like churn their own butter. Um, they bake their own bread with perfect. Cookies. Yeah, so honestly, in terms of school, I couldn't feel happier about um, where he is for that. They have a strict, even if it's someone's birthday, you know, they will eat quote unquote healthy cupcakes. So it's like carrots and whole grains and a little maple syrup, but um, no refined sugar. So that's kind of a school wide policy and it aligns very well with his diabetes. Oh, so that's right on, that's right on track. That is right on track. I, I couldn't be happier with that. I was saying that I wish they had schools like that over here. Because uh, I've never heard about that uh, type of school, and it's it sounds yeah, amazing. Yeah, Yeah. We'll have to introduce it in Belgium. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, Jessica, because your Instagram is all about food, can you give us like a day in the in the food life of you guys? What do you guys have for breakfast? What are snacks? Uh, what do you eat for lunch and dinner? Absolutely. So um, as I said, I try to keep things uh, very simple, very streamlined. So just um, as an example, so this morning we woke up and we had some oatmeal with um, spices. So I used cardamom, cinnamon, um, a tiny bit of oat milk in there, um, a little bit of dates chopped up. And then I put that with some stewed apples, which is just apples stewed with a little bit of ghee water, um, top it off. And it's very nourishing, but it's also very filling. So I find it keeps the children uh, very happy until snack time. <laughs> and at snack time, they'll typically have some fruits. So today we had some raspberries and blueberries. Um, lunchtime, it is very focused on I would say like a protein. So usually either lentils or beans and then um, like a whole grain in there. So for example, one thing that we love to do is like our version of tacos. So we'll mash up some, some beans, lots of fresh uh, vegetables. Some, let's see, what else do we put in there? Some tomatoes, we chop some peppers, we put a little bit of sour cream on top. And then we can wrap them up in either um, whole wheat tortillas, which we make with, it's literally just flour and Greek yogurt and you make them and it's very simple. Um, or even just big lettuce leaves and you just wrap them into the lettuce like a taco and you eat them. 
So like that's an example um, for something sweet. We love things like a chia pudding made with cacao, um, some date paste, which really does taste very similar to a chocolate pudding. So it doesn't leave you feeling deprived for something sweet. Um, little tea time in the afternoon. So maybe um, a cup of herbal tea and a little slice of homemade banana bread with some nut butter. And then for dinner, um, just really depending what everyone's in the mood for, sometimes we'll do something like kind of fun and kid-like, like make our own pizzas, right? So I'll just kind of prep the dough ahead of time. And again, super simple. It's like three ingredients. Um, so we make the little dough balls and then the kids will just sit there and roll it out and make their pizza dough. And then we put some sauce and cheese and it's quick and easy. And um, a lot of soups, a lot of stews. Um, yeah, so I would say that's kind of like the day in the life. And then um, just like a little bedtime, just a cup of warm milk with some spices. Um, that's one thing that he loves before bed. Yeah. Sounds delicious. Um, I, I also find it very interesting. You you are involving your kids so much in the kitchen. That's it's really wonderful. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I would say um, that's been kind of game changing in terms of getting, especially the, the little girls will eat anything because they're so small. But like with a six year old, you know, they're at the age where they start having opinions and taste flavors and all of that. Um, but when I get him to help in the kitchen and he feels invested in what is made, I feel like it does make him more excited to eat it. Um, so that was one thing my endocrinologist was asking at our last meeting was like, wow, how in the world are you getting your son to like eat these spelt tacos? Like my kids would never eat that. And, you know, I'm just basically saying like, look, if you get the kids invested into like chopping the vegetables with their little um, safe chocolate. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, they're going to feel like, wow, I put the time and energy into making this meal. So they, I think, do enjoy it more. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, my, my childhood because um, my dad is like this amazing cook and he, he always... Um, yeah, involved me in the process. So I was standing on this chair and chopping vegetables with him and tasting stuff. So um, I think that uh, that really got me into my love of food and cooking as well. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And it really, I think it helps kind of open up your uh, palate a bit to trying different foods rather than just kind of what we call the typical American diet of like mac and cheese and pizza and um so it kind of opens you up to trying different flavors and yeah so um in conclusion i can say this diagnosis although it was a bit of a shock at first has uh, made some positive changes for you and your family yeah 100 percent. i think that i have never thought about food as much as i have in this last year rightly or wrongly um you know before it was just kind of like food for me was something you have you had to eat three times a day but it was also a social thing so it was about going out to eat or ordering from your favorite place and um but now I look at food so much differently it's 
it's about nourishing ourselves and about feeding our body the fuel that it needs to perform best. And, um, you know, realizing that, you know, maybe our son is the only one in our family with diabetes, but if the rest of us eat in the same kind of nurturing way, we all feel so much better too. Like I have so much more energy than I did in my uh, previous life of eating out a lot. Um, I don't get that sluggishness so much, you know, at that three o'clock slump of feeling like you need a nap. Um, so I would say I've just noticed positive changes, not just with him, but just the whole family has really benefited. So that's been great. That's lovely to hear. And I think you are doing an amazing job uh, and being an incredible inspiration for all of us. Well, thank you. You guys are so amazing too. I'm so glad to have connected with such wonderful like-minded individuals in this community and you've been such a help and inspiration to me so I'm so glad that we connected we both are too I think um yes I'm glad yeah <laughs> we, we, we are very glad for this uh little community we have going on here is that something you you want your son to be involved in later on in life Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I've noticed um, for myself, just the positive impacts of being um, in a community of people who are, you know, kind of going through the same, I don't want to say the word struggle, but like lifestyle adaptations. And, and it's just good to be able to, um, I know, Jesse, I've reached out to you many times, like with questions, like, is this normal? Is this not normal? Are these numbers really high? Are they too low? Um, so it's just good rather than having to bombard my, the doctor with questions all the time, right? To have friends that you can turn to and say like, hey, like what, what does this look like for you? Or what have you experienced? So I find yes. as a mother to like have that community is great. So I think for him, especially as he gets older and, um, you know, maybe needs more kids with Modi or other kinds of diabetes, it, it's just going to be really, really um, good for him. Like even, for example, really quickly um, at his ice hockey, his coach um, is a type two diabetic and he has a sensor on and you know, my son got so excited. He said, wow, you know, I had a sensor too. Like I also had that. And I think for him, it was just like this great moment of connection because it was the first other diabetic he had actually met in real life. And um, he felt like, wow, like you're, you're one of me. Like we have this connection. And it was really sweet to see that. Yeah. It's a, an incredible feeling to connect with, with people who are going through the same, um, Yeah, just seeing it, just seeing someone else with that sensor. It's like, yeah. oh my God, like they're just like me. Like, oh, you're on a call and somebody beeps and it's like, oh, wait, somebody else is beeping. Like, yeah, like, you know, they get me. Like, they get it. Exactly, exactly. It doesn't have to be exactly the same, but it's like, oh, they get it. They get it. Oh, yeah. It's like, they know what we're going through. Like, the yeah, that, that's cool. That's cool. Yes. <laughs> So uh, Jessica, is there anything else you would like to to touch on or to share with us we, we haven't asked you about? Um, no, I think we pretty much, you know, hit everything. Um, again, I'll just say one more time that 
especially to parents out there. You know, if you have small kids, whether they're infants or into even their teens, if, if you notice something that just feels a little bit off, even if you go to your pediatrician and she gives you a complete, you know, clean bill of health, um, I would say just trust your gut and just pretty much demand them to run a panel of tests just to like, again, you know, take it out of the question, like, okay, but I definitely know my child is not diabetic, but um, you know, you want that mental clarity. So as a parent, I would just say, trust your gut and just always um, have, have your pediatrician run the full panel of tests. Mother knows best. <laughs> I think so. Absolutely agree on that, even though I'm not a mom. Um, but you, you should always advocate for yourself and especially for your children who can do it themselves. Okay, so thank you so much for coming on our show, Jessica. Um, we will link your Instagram account in the show notes so people can uh, get inspired by all that, by all that uh, amazing food you're posting on there. It really always looks delicious. Is there any other way people can connect with you? Um, I would say that's the best way. And then also please feel free, free to send me a message, a DM, if you have any specific questions about Modi 2 or food. I love, love, love connecting with people. And um, if I can be of any help at all, I would love to do that. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Jessica. Thank you for being a guest. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation with Jessica. I certainly did. Please reach out if there's anything you would like to ask her or me. And then I hope to see you all in our next episode next week. Yeah, which will feature our very first um, professional guest. So... Keep an eye out for that one. That's going to be a very interesting episode, even if I say so myself. I learned quite a lot about it 